Good morning. Uh, Just a reminder, next week uh, we're going to continue with our food trucks uh, for this summer. And I believe next week they're going to be serving uh, Mexican food. And that will be following our second service. And people are welcome to get their meals and then come in uh, and come back downstairs. That way we can spend some more time together or feel free to go out into the pavilion and uh, eat. But it's a great chance to spend some time with each other this summer. The Old Testament reading for this, the fifth Sunday after Pentecost, is from the 18th and 19th chapters of Leviticus. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you lived, and you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan to which I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest And you shall not strip your vineyard bare, neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. You shall not swear by my name falsely and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages of a hired servant shall not remain with you all night until the morning. You shall not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading is from the first chapter of Colossians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, When we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and growing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth just as you learned it from Epaphras, our fellow, beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf 
and has made known to us your love and the Spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Behold, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What must I do to have eternal life? That's what the lawyer, the Pharisee, asked Jesus today. What must I do to have eternal life? When the Pharisee died, he didn't just want to die. He wanted to keep living. He wanted to have a life that lasts forever. And the Pharisee thought he needed to do some work for that. It makes sense. If we want to have a paycheck every two weeks, we work for it. A paycheck just isn't given. Or if you want to have a healthy life, you work for it. You jog, you eat right, you exercise... We work for it. 
It makes sense what the Pharisee asked. He wanted to have eternal life. Surely there must be something he had to do to earn that. In his mind, something so precious just couldn't be given to someone. The law says that if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself, you will have eternal life. That's what Jesus told the Pharisee. Jesus gave the Pharisee the magical key to eternal life. Said this, love God perfectly and you have eternal life. Love your neighbor perfectly and you have eternal life. It's not a secret. There it is. That is the key to everlasting life. It's wonderful. But I think the Pharisee was a bit nervous. To love God with all your heart means you love God perfectly. Not a single mess up, not even once. And to love your neighbor as yourself means you love your neighbor perfectly. Not a single mess up, not even once. And I think the Pharisee was nervous. So that's why he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? You see, the Pharisee was hoping Jesus would maybe lower the bar a bit. You know, make it easier to keep the law. The Pharisee was hoping Jesus would say something like, Ah, your neighbors are just the Jews, so love them perfectly and forget everyone else. The Pharisee was hoping Jesus would say, Who is your neighbor? Well, just love your mom and dad, and I think that should be good enough. The Pharisee was hoping Jesus would lower the bar a bit. Because loving God perfectly is impossible to do. And loving your neighbor perfectly is also impossible to do. But Jesus did not lower the bar for the Pharisee, did he? And Jesus does not lower the bar for you either, does he? The law says this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Do this, and you will live. But we can't do this, can we? I mean, just think about this. Love God with all your heart. Seriously? Which of us here can say that we honestly, honestly, love God with all our heart? That we would give up anything and everything for God if God asked us to give up anything and everything for him? I don't think we can do it. The law says, love the Lord your God with all your strength. All our strength? Seriously? 
Because of our sinful nature, by birth, each and every one of us is not known for our strength when it comes to God. No, what we are known for is our weakness, our giving in to temptation. That's what we're known for, and that's not strength. The law says, love the Lord your God with all your mind. That is so impossible for us to do. Our minds are filled with all kinds of lusts coming from our sinful hearts. Our minds are hardly reserved to meditate on God's word 24-7. Our minds wander faster than we can pull them back. And when it comes to our neighbor... When was the last time we honestly loved every person more than we loved ourselves? And I mean every person. Loved people from different races. Loved people from different political affiliations. Loved people who are here in this country legally or illegally all the same. We can't love like this. Not always. Not perfectly. Like the law says. And yet it all comes down to God and our neighbor. Where we find our eternal lives hanging in the balance. Because the law says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And with all your soul. And with all your strength. And with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourselves. Do this and you will live. Yes, that is what the law says. Do this and you will live. Good thing for us, we are not saved by keeping the law. The law does not save us. The law condemns us. The law always acts as a mirror, showing us our sins. Showing us we are not only helpless in saving ourselves, but we actually sabotage our own salvation time and time again. The law is not what saves us. The law condemns us. But the gospel, though, the gospel is quite a different thing. As St. Paul said to the church in Ephesus, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Jesus did not want that Pharisee in our gospel reading to boast. No, the exact opposite. Jesus wanted that Pharisee to really know how utterly impossible it was for him to love God perfectly and to love his neighbor more than he loved himself. Jesus wanted that Pharisee to see that he was helpless to earn eternal life on his own. Jesus wanted that Pharisee to see that his sinful nature had beaten him up from birth, robbed him of any holiness he had, 
and left him on the side of the road in this world, bloody, bruised, and beaten up. Jesus wanted that Pharisee to see that his sinful nature had left him on the road half dead, breathing, but with no ability to love God or neighbor like we should. And Jesus wanted that Pharisee to see that it was Jesus alone who could act as our perfect neighbor. Jesus alone could have compassion on us and come into this world to save us. Jesus wanted that Pharisee to see that it was Jesus who was able to pick him up, take him to the inn of his church, and there in that church, Jesus could care for him. Until that day comes when Jesus comes back and ushers in life everlasting in his name. And to show the Pharisee all of this, everything that Jesus was planning to do for him, Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan. A story that is all about what Jesus has done for you. We will never love God the Father perfectly. But Jesus can. And Jesus did. Jesus did that for you. We're never going to be able to love our neighbors perfectly, as hard as we try. But Jesus can. Jesus did, and he did that for you. Jesus loves all of us so perfectly that he came into this world in our flesh. And Jesus found us found every single one of you, no matter where you were in life. He found all of us, just like that man in the parable, bruised, bloodied, half dead. And when Jesus found you, he had compassion for you. He picked you up, baptized your spiritual wounds, washing them clean with his own blood. Jesus carried you, brought you into his church. He feeds you with bread and wine to strengthen you. Jesus promises to take care of you with his word until that wonderful day comes when Jesus will come back. He will come back here to his church. He'll come back here for you. And when he does, it is Jesus who will bring everlasting life with him And give it to you. The one who is able to perfectly love God is Jesus. The one who is able to perfectly love his neighbor is Jesus. Jesus is the good Samaritan in our story. And Jesus is good. Because when he found us in this world, beaten up by our sinful nature, bloodied and bruised by the devil, thrown by the side of the road, when Jesus found you, he did not turn his back on you. Jesus did not look the other way because he's disgusted by us. No, the very opposite. Jesus looks you square in the face and he cares for you. He even blesses you with eternal life, not because of the law, but because he gives you eternal life. 
purely as a gift. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.